everyone, and welcome back to the Made to Lead podcast brought to you by the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, Illinois Leadership Center. My name is Felicia, and I'm your host. On this episode, I'm joined by Ali Mirza, a senior studying political science and business at UIUC. Today, we talk about servant leadership, a philosophy that touches on the ILC competency of service-minded leadership. We discuss how servant leadership benefits our organizations and communities, and how this unique theory contrasts from our traditional notions of leadership. Ali shares his experience applying this practice serving on the University of Illinois Board of Trustees, and how he envisions servant leadership fitting in with his future aspirations as a civil rights lawyer. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Made to Lead podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today on Made to Lead. If you could start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you're involved in at UIUC. Hi, Felicia. It's uh, great to be on the podcast, and I'm happy to share my experiences and my thoughts on service-minded leadership. My name is Ali Mirza. I'm currently a senior at U of I. I study political science with a minor in business, and I'm hoping to be a lawyer one day. So we'll see how that goes in the coming years. A little bit about what I do on campus, I've been involved in a number of things, but right now most of my time is taken up by student trustee, which is, it's kind of like, it's it's similar to like a student body president role where I represent students on the university's board of trustees, where I just, you know, get to have a fiduciary duty to the university as well as represent the student voice. So that's a little bit about what I do on campus and who I am. Thank you. And thank you again for joining me today on this podcast. So today we're going to be talking about servant leadership, and I think this theory is a really interesting practice that applies to a lot of the organizations that you're a part of and also your future career aspirations. For our listeners who don't know what servant leadership is, here is a definition from the Center for Servant Leadership. A servant leader focuses primarily on the growth and well-being of people and the communities to which they belong. While traditional leadership generally involves the accumulation and exercise of power by one at the top of the pyramid, servant leadership is different. The servant leader shares power, puts the needs of others first, and helps people develop and perform as highly as possible. So with this definition in mind, how does servant leadership differ from our conventional ways of viewing leadership and or followership? So with service-minded leadership and conventional methods of leadership, I think that there's a rigid dichotomy between serving others and having a I'm in charge type of mindset when leading. The two, in my opinion, are very different. When I think about service-minded leadership, I think about a really good Greek proverb that I I like, and it goes, uh, a society grows great when old men and women plant trees in whose shade they know they shall never sit under. Uh, it's a really popular Greek proverb. Uh, it was in the Black Panther movie a couple of years back. And I think that it really captures what it means to be a servant leader and who servant leadership is meant to impact. And I think that servant leadership is exactly that. It's it's just service at its heart. And essentially, it's in a lot of ways inverting the norm of what leadership is. So conventional leadership is a lot about the organization and the individual and how being a leader can benefit you personally in terms of, you know, just being a leader can benefit you 
And in servant leadership, it's, it's more about everybody else. It's about society as a whole. It's about uh, the community and how the whole can benefit everyone, how you being a leader and how you making decisions that you make benefit society as a whole, as opposed to, you know, giving you the resume booster, giving you a rank increase. So it's about your ability to serve others. In addition to that, it's about speaking or it's, it's about listening. It's not about speaking. It's about taking into account what other people are saying and, impl and implementing that. So really being a follower in addition to being a leader. And also it's about, um, it's about everybody else. It's not about you. So I think that service-minded leadership just gets back to what you said and the definition, just serving others and serving society as a whole. I completely agree. And I definitely think that our society places a lot of value and priority on leaders. And a lot of people operate under the I am in charge kind of mentality, when in reality, I think good leaders actually use their positions of power to help and serve the communities that they are in, rather than the other way around. I'm also curious to know if when the first time you heard about servant leadership, did it resonate with you or was it something that you had already practiced? Yeah, so I think that um, really my view of leadership and being a servant stems from my background, uh, my family and my parents. So when I first heard about servant-minded leadership and I heard about it in, in reference to the definition of the best leader is also the best follower, it really resonated with me because uh, when I... I'm following somebody and there's somebody else in charge. I think just about the worst thing is when they're just telling you orders and thinking that they're right about everything and you have some great idea, but they're not willing to take that into account. So I think that it really resonated with me because when you're not in a position of responsibility or quote unquote power, it really, it's really tough in, in terms of people in positions of power not following you. So it resonated with me because everybody's on an equal playing field, whether or not you're a leader, it's just more responsibility. And it it comes with a little bit more power, but really it just comes down to how much you take into consideration other people's views in addition to your own. I love that your family serves as a role model for how you view leadership. And I think for a lot of us, that's where we also learn a lot of these values and philosophies as well. So now that we have a better understanding of what servant leadership is, we can start implementing it into our lives. So these are the 10 principles of servant leadership. Listening, empathy, healing, awareness, persuasion, conceptualization, foresight, stewardship, commitment to the growth of people, and building community. Are there any concepts from this list that seem particularly challenging or stand out to you? I think out of that list, what stands out most is listening and building community. I think that in this, in the midst of a pandemic, as well as uh, racial inequities and systemic inequalities, we all are being challenged in ways that we haven't been before. And it really comes down to listening to people that are the most impacted or people that are facing the brunt of a lot of what's going on and then using that to build a better community. So I would say that those things are the two that stick out to me most, because especially right now, it's more important than ever to listen to people and build community based upon what people that are impacted most gravely are saying. 
So I have a follow-up question for you. So you said listening was one of the most important qualities, and I actually think it's one of the most challenging concepts for us to actually practice. So what advice do you have for us on how to be better listeners? Absolutely. So I think that when you're in a capacity to lead or when you have some some title associated with your name, it's it's really easy to like to listen to your own voice and constantly hear what you're saying as opposed to what other people are saying. Uh, the advice that I would have is just taking a step back and realizing that you're not going to always know everything and that you're not always going to have the right answer to everything. So understanding that you can grow and you can get smarter and more knowledgeable by listening to other people. So I think that it's a it's a long path and it's it's tough oftentimes to listen to people, but it's something that is absolutely necessary. And I think that you have to put sometimes your ego aside to do it. Sometimes you have to just take into consideration that somebody that might not have a fancy title associated with their name uh, knows more than you about a specific topic. I definitely agree. And I think that there is a very distinct difference between hearing someone out and actually listening to them and understanding what they're saying. And especially in a lot of these leadership roles, it's easy to think that we know what's best for everyone and that we know what we're doing. But I agree that we sometimes need to step back and let other people bring their strengths and their diverse opinions to the table. Have you practiced servant leadership in any of your leadership roles or organizations, or have you practiced servant leadership in your daily life? So I think that uh, one thing that's really helped me grow as a servant leader or one experience that I have with service leadership, servant-minded leadership, is uh, within student government, which I've been involved in for quite some time on campus. Uh, I created this kind of new freshman program, a new leadership program, where they learned about different tenets of leadership, including emotional intelligence, servant-minded leadership, and some other things. And then they implemented that into a student government sphere. Now, when I walked into that creation project, the process of creating that program, I had a completely different outset as to what it was going to look like. And I thought that it was going to be completely different in terms of uh, what it was going to eventually materialize into. I met with Gail Spencer, who's the director of the Illinois Leadership Center, though, and she obviously has so much more experience than me in terms of leadership and in terms of the different types of leadership models that students can follow and people can follow. So I really took a step back in terms of what I wanted to do. And I took a lot of her thoughts into consideration. And I listened to her and her expertise on what a good leader is. And, you know, she's also been involved in student government uh, in her time in college. Uh, I believe that she was the student body president when she was in college. I took her expertise into account, took a step back from where I was and implemented a lot of the things that she wanted me to implement. So I think that in terms of service-minded leadership and listening, that's kind of one focal experience that I have in that area. So earlier you said that you hope to be a civil rights lawyer after you graduate. Is service-minded leadership or servant leadership something that you envision yourself practicing in your career? So I think that personally, I want to go into public service law. Uh, I'm really interested in criminal justice reform as well as civil rights in general. So I think that just me, by virtue of me wanting to become like a civil rights lawyer, it'll be a bit easier for me to be like a servant-minded leadership because what I'm aspiring to do 
is to help society as a whole and help a larger community rather than increase my own valor, increase my own prestige. Uh, so I think that by virtue of what I'm wanting to do with my professional career, service-minded leadership almost intertwines with it perfectly. I definitely agree that in public service especially, it does require you to be selfless and practice servant leadership in this line of work. But of course, that doesn't mean that you can't practice servant leadership in any field that you decide to pursue. So along those same lines, what advice do you have for current students for right now in their college career for how to practice servant leadership in their leadership roles and in their lives? So I would say that, you know, first of all, being students at an institution like Illinois, we have an amazing opportunity to be servant leaders. It starts with bettering yourself. It starts with equipping yourself to serve others. And that looks like, for me, I want to be a lawyer, right? So I read as many books as possible about criminal justice reform. I seek out experts in the field. I talk to my professors and I try to do my best in my like academics so that I can be a better lawyer and be better able to serve people. So whatever vocation you want to go into, whether it be engineering, business, social sciences, just trying to be the best you can in that to serve other people and having the mentality of bettering society as a whole, as opposed to just having it benefit yourself. And there are so many societal problems ranging from climate change that you can that you can take on as a as an engineer or systemic inequality that you can address as a doctor, as a lawyer, or whatever it may be. You know, I think that if you're a first generation college student, if you're a person of color, if you're from a like lower income or underrepresented group, you're already being a servant leaders in some way because you're you're setting yourself as a model for people that you know, historically have not had access to institutions of higher education. So there are so many ways that you can do that in terms of your academics. And then beyond that, seeking out people that are like-minded, seeking out people that want to aspire to something more than just themselves uh, and succeeding in their career, having their career have an impact on the general populace, having their impact, uh, having their career impact the general public. And listening to people, just getting back to listening, because we are at such, or we're in such a diverse community at the University of Illinois. We have people from every walks of life, their cultures are different, the food they eat, the religions, so many different things about them. And there are so many ways that we can learn and grow from those individuals. So just soaking up every little bit of opportunity and taking as much in for whether you're here for four years, three years, if you do your master's here, however long you're here, just soaking in as much of U of I and as much of the community as you can. And then I think that finally just passing it along and telling others how they can be servant leaders. And, you know, I mentioned being a, a model and a role model for other people, just being a role model and being being kind to other people as well. That's amazing advice. And I think you point back to this really crucial concept of servant leadership, which is empathy which I think is often overlooked, but I think it's a very central pillar of what servant leadership is. And it's about connecting and investing your time into the people that you lead and having a more outward focus on your followers and ensuring that they succeed as well. So we've been talking a lot about what servant leadership is and how we can practice it, but what good is servant leadership? why should we practice it and what benefits does it actually provide for us and our communities absolutely so i think that 
when you get back to servant leadership and how we can better communities, it just gets back to the idea of you know, it's it's for everyone rather than an individual. So rather than benefiting a single person, it's benefiting society as a whole and it's benefiting a community. So society society's success of is, is indicative of yours, uh, essentially, when you're a servant leader. And if I can make an example, uh, I would just talk about like a sport like basketball or football or team sport. You can run your stats up, get as many points as you want, rebounds, assists. You can have the most all-purpose yards, but your team could still lose. And in terms of conventional leadership, you might be leading your team and trying your best in terms of getting the win. But if you sacrifice some of those things that you're doing, maybe get less playing time, maybe um, you know do the things that don't show up on the stat sheet, uh, you can contribute to the team's win. So it's it's about taking a step back again and recognizing where you can help. And maybe it's best if you're not a part of the solution sometimes. Maybe it's best that you sit out and let other people lead. So not only being a leader, but also being a follower. And then in different organizations, uh, I would just talk about like fossil fuel companies, for example. So not to get super political, but in, in the energy sector, CEOs of fossil fuel companies, they want to obviously maximize their own profit. They want to have the highest earnings per share. They want to have great you know, stock numbers. But when you get back to it, that's only benefiting their company. In, in terms of benefiting society as a whole, it might be more beneficial if they took that profit and invested into research and development on renewable energy and, and things like that so that we can curb the curb climate change and stop the dramatic growth of the warming of the planet and you know save the future generations that are to come so in, in terms of what it looks like i think that those two examples really exemplify how communities and groups and organizations might be able to benefit from service minded leadership that's a great response. And I think you touched on another really important part of servant leadership, which is awareness, knowing where your strengths are and where your team's strengths are, and knowing when you can step in and take initiative and when you should step back and let other people's strengths flourish where they can. So now we've reached the end of the servant leadership portion of the interview. And so now I'd just like to ask for your advice that you have for our listeners on the topic of leadership. So my first question is, what advice would you give to someone looking to grow as a leader? Yeah, this is a great question. So I think to start, I would just say that it's not about how good you are right now. It's about how good you're gonna be that matters the most. So just focusing in on and having a mindset of helping your future self, I think is really important. And that's something that I did a lot as a freshman and a sophomore in college. Um, looking back, I'm really thankful to myself for some of the things that I took advantage of, some of the opportunities that I took advantage of, whether I was a little bit intimidated to get involved in a certain thing or, you know, not really willing to take that tough class. I, I really look back and thank myself for doing it because it, it helped me in terms of growing as a leader. So I would just tell freshmen, whether it's systematically setting themselves up to succeed in terms of, you know, I want to get this internship, I want to get this, or I want to join this RSO, and I want to get an A in this class, and then I'll get this job. Or it's just making the most of every opportunity and soaking it in. I would tell them that they should do things that will benefit their future self. And then second, I would say that there's no set paradigm in terms of what you have to follow to become a leader. I think that leadership is unique 
and and the way that you mold yourself into a leader is unique for every every single person. In my view, I believe that the only thing that remains consistent with leadership is consistency itself. So if I could just talk about an example real quick, I would compare it to working out. So anyone that knows me or has talked to me before know that I frequent the gym occasionally and that I've been lifting weights for some time. But, you know, the first time I went to the gym, I didn't see any results and I didn't see any results the second time. It was only after a month where I started to see like physical changes and and this, the desired results that I wanted to see. So the same is with leadership. When you remain consistent and you fundamentally believe that the course of action that you're on is going to result in what you want, it's going to happen. So like working out, leadership, you have to fundamentally believe. You have to remain consistent. And I think that that's how you get to your end goal. Leadership is an accumulation of all the experiences that you have had and all the experiences that you are taking, a lot like working out. In sports, you're not going to be shooting one three-pointer and be the best three-point shooter in the world. This podcast isn't great because it had a great first season, but it's great because it's had a great first season and you're building upon that with a great second season. In academics, you're not going to be great because you get one A. You're going to be great because you continuously push yourself and continuously get A's. Uh, So a little bit of a a story, if I can, real quick for me is uh, the trustee position. So being student trustee, my freshman year during the first week, all the freshmen walked into the State Farm Center during convocation. I'm sure you can remember that, Felicia. And on the top of the stage, there were two students. It was the student body president and the student trustee. So I looked at the student trustee as a role that I was interested in and something that I might want to pursue in the future. So I set myself up to systematically kind of get there. I got involved with student governance. You know, I tried to work hard in my academics so that I could be more well-spoken and better represent my fellow students on the board. And then I tried to get involved in as many activities and with as many students as possible, just so I can diversify my experience and know more about the, know more about the, the student life at, at U of I. So I would say that's kind of how it played out for me. And then, and then finally, I would just say to believe in yourself. It's, it's very easy at an institution like Illinois to get intimidated because you have students who are, by all measures, uh, extremely impressive. Students like yourself who are very, very smart, who are hardworking, and they're well-spoken. So it's very easy to get intimidated. But you were not early an admissions committee they believed in you and they thought that you would be able to succeed at this institution so you should believe in yourself and and that's that's the advice that i would give to somebody looking to grow as a leader that's incredible advice that i wish i heard when i was a freshman in college my second question for you is what makes you believe you are made to lead this is uh this is a super interesting topic because you know if you search up leadership on google scholar you're probably going to get like a million, maybe more than a million results on on leadership and all of those different articles and research papers. The ideas are almost diametrically opposed to one another in terms of are leaders born or are they made to lead? Are they molded? And it's, it's kind of like a chicken and the egg situation. People don't know which one came first. I think that for me, uh, I don't think I was made to lead. I think that I've been molded to lead through the experiences that I have, and I'm just fortunate enough to be in a, in a capacity where I'm able to be a leader in the student body. So specifically by virtue of, you know, kind of the experiences that I sought and the profession that I'm hoping to get into, I think that it was just easier for me to get involved in a leadership position 
and in, in a leadership capacity. But beyond that, you know, I think a, a couple of different attributes and qualities made it so that it was more easy for me to mold myself as a leader. And specifically, I would say that it's um, being teachable and being coachable. I've always sought knowledge from others and always, you know, look to grow as an individual, as a professional, and as a student. And you know, I would recommend to the listeners to check out a TED Talk by Atul Gawande. I mean, he's a Harvard uh, surgeon and talks about how he kind of hit a plateau in terms of the mortality rates and also the the surgery success rates that he had. But he sought he sought out a coach and he he sought out others in terms of what he was doing right and what he was doing wrong. And after, you know, getting advice from other people, he was able to dramatically change the way that he approached surgery and the numbers kept on getting better and better and better. And then he was also able to coach others. So beyond that, I would say that I've also been, you know, very decisive in terms of what I want to do. And I think that it's important to recognize that you're not always going to pick something that's you're not always going to pick something that's going to hundred percent work out. You're not going to pick the 100% perfect path. But you have to be, you have to trust your gut and you have to be satisfied with what you pick. It kind of goes in tandem with the next quality that I think has made me more apt in being a leader, which is adaptability and being able to be in different circumstances, you know, recognizing that you're not always going to get your first choice and that you're not always going to, you're not always going to be on the perfect path, but being able to adapt to those circumstances and build off of those circumstances. So I think that those three things have helped mold me to be a leader rather than made me a leader. I definitely agree that leadership isn't so much qualities that you inherently have, but like working out, it's something that you develop and you practice over time. And what matters is not the leader you are right now, but the leader that you'll become. So thank you for giving us some great advice. Now we get to the fun part of the interview where I get to ask you some fun personal questions just to get to know a little bit more about you. So the first question is, what makes you feel inspired? Yeah, so what makes me feel inspired? I I would say it's my family. I immigrated, my family immigrated to the United States when I was five years old. So, you know, when it comes to all the hardships that immigrant families have to go through, or even second generation Americans and third generation Americans, I'm just persevering through that and persevering through all the, the tough challenges and the hardships. I think that I have made it so that what inspires me most is my family. That's amazing. So my second question for you is, what is your favorite flavor of ice cream? Yeah, so uh, this is a great question because I was talking about decisiveness earlier and I'm extremely indecisive when it comes to ice cream. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of ice cream. Whenever I go to like the grocery store to get some, I'll come back with like five different flavors just because I'm, I'm a huge fan. And if I had to pick a favorite, I was thinking about this for quite some time. It might be a bit of a controversial pick, but I would have to say it's probably mint chocolate chip. That's also my favorite flavor of ice cream, but a lot of people tell me it tastes like toothpaste. That's what that's what I always get. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that we're on the same page. And the last question I have for you is what was the last book you read? Yes, yeah, so this isn't the last book that I read, but it's a book that I recently read. It's called Charged. It's by Emily Bazelon, who is a professor of law at Yale. And it talks about the progressive prosecutor movement. And I think it's really just a great insight into criminal justice reform and how individuals across the United States are working to reform the system from within. And I would say that anybody that's interested in criminal justice reform or 
systemic inequality read the book i think that it's really powerful and that it's a it's a super good read well, i'll definitely put that on my to read list Wally, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast today. I really enjoyed getting to know a little bit more about you and talking to you about servant leadership. It was great to be part of the podcast, Felicia. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Made to Lead podcast. Make sure to stay tuned for more episodes this season. This podcast is brought to you by the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign Illinois Leadership Center. If you like this episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating and review on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts. And most importantly, don't forget that you are made to lead. Made to lead.